Hi everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? Um, actually, today I'm doing very exhausted. That's not really a proper way to do that. <laughs> doing crazy. very exhausting. I'm doing exhausting so It's like this new trend. You do exhausting so well. I think <laughs> That's <laughs> such a good backhanded like, compliment <laughs> for someone. Exa- Ooh. <laughs> I've never, ooh, that, I've never heard that on a show before. It's a new read for you. <laughs> I've never done you you so should just well. say that to Autumn while you're hosting. You do exhausting so well. You're making me exhausted. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so freaking funny. You do exhausted so well. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, so I just got a promotion at work. I just Yay. wanted everybody to know. Yay. Yeah, it was... Um, a long time coming. No, I'm just yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, for real. Actually, that sounds like so boastful in a bad way. Um, <laughs> but no, I was actually really excited to like finally get the opportunity to like strut my stuff and like be cool about it, which yeah. I really appreciate. So yeah, well, I mean, it sounded like you took on a pretty big role with your job, and you were kind of like doing a lot. So it's good that you you got to advance and you get more money, and that's <laughs> always great. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I love getting more money. Jesus. Yeah. Like, well, and then the other thing too about it is like, it's, it was just such a, it was kind of like they, what they did is they actually created a position for me, which was all the stuff I was already doing, mm-hmm. which was cool. And then just gave me a little bit more responsibility so it could give me authority at work. Like, I think that was such a solid thing to do. Like when you're like really showing out and then they just kind of like make you feel great about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Donna, what are you wearing this evening? Oh, this evening, I, <laughs> fuck, did not think about this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? Um, to- so, I am wearing, um, so, it, it's kind of hard to explain. So, um, it's garbage. It's, like, more, like, recycled plastic, but, like, before it's, like, been fully recycled. So I'm just, like, wearing this, like, you know that, like, hard plastic covering over, like, video game controllers? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wearing, oh. and it's cutting into my body. Lit. But But it's also, like, giving me this, like, really great shine, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, feeling good about myself. Because all I have on my mind right now is blunt wraps. Uh, I'm just wearing a, <laughs> a dress completely made of blunt wraps. Uh, it's very papery. Um, I smell like tobacco and weed i love this journey for you yeah that's that's what i'm looking at all day with my work so yeah that's all i i have on my mind (laughs) (laughs) at the moment yeah so last this last week you also had some like stress that you were dealing with right i did yeah and it was actually because the so there was a lot of drama with camp Bonakiki that happened over this last week and i know drama makes it sound like i'm trying to diminish what the conversation is it's more so just an intro to the topic uh it it's a really heavy subject and so from this point i will say that there's a trigger and a content warning because you know we just need to make sure that we're being respectful of our listeners and this subject can get really hard and harsh and i will i have information i suppose but it's not necessarily I don't know, like, I don't know all of the information. I just kind of know what I saw from my perspective. And so we're going to kind of dive into that information. And so over this last week, and actually this has been starting for a while, after the Meet the Campers video came out for Camp Wanakiki, there was one camper in 
um, in particular, uh, Lucy Couture, I believe their yeah, name is. Yeah, I was actually familiar with her prior to the... Really? Yeah, she was on Mira Mangle's channel. Uh, Mira Mangle is a YouTuber. She's a drag queen based out of the Midwest that does, like, hmm. different RuPaul's Drag Race videos. And she was, like, one of the, like people on the channel that I don't know if she still is, but she was associated with that channel and would like be Mira's like co-host sometimes for different videos. Oh, I did. Wow. Mira is a pretty big YouTuber. So I, that was like how I had seen her originally. And then this came out and yeah, it was shocking. um, To say the least. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So on her video, there was a bunch of comments that saying like, "Look, she's a predator. Um, she's uh, she's a sexual abuser, and like all these other things." And hmm. well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this, and we have to remember before we should even admit if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Which we should always believe believe victims anyway. But what starts happening from that moment is people trying incredibly hard to hold someone accountable. Yeah, and I I think that that makes a lot of sense. But the way that it was being handled is I don't know any conversations that necessarily happened with the sugar bakers and all the people in the comments per mm-hmm. se, as much as I know that it was getting out of hand already. Like mm-hmm. immediately it was already getting out of hand and uh, it was immediately starting to be mishandled. Yeah. Um, just across the board. And you have to imagine like Pamp Kiki is not a large production company by any means. No. So there, and it's, it's ran by the sugar bakers, right? So, yeah. m- and most of the things that happen are most of the time you see Camp Wanakiki online, it is the sugar bakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality. And so, <laughs> those twins, I swear, um, <laughs> trying to like, yeah. trying to get their hands around this situation, like, was just nearly impossible. Right. Yeah. 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 I think. That is something that people have to keep in mind is that they aren't as big of a production, like you just said. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important for people to recognize. And also just the fact that even though this show has broken some barriers, like that Drag Race won't by having like a drag king on and and always, you know, trying to really make sure that their cast is diverse, like the situation felt like it was a bit mishandled. Yeah, it did. And I I know that it's really, 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 really hard to just in general figure out how to navigate the situation. Mm -hmm. You have to remember, we didn't have the internet at this level. We didn't have social media at this level. People don't know immediately what to do. And that's not necessarily an excuse, but it's also people expect such direct action from the get. Yeah. And that's really, really, really challenging. Yeah. So I am going to read you all the statement from, I guess, the person that it happened to. And I don't know how accurate this is, mm-hmm. uh, but I will tell you. So I'm going to just recount their words in the story that I have. I honestly had no idea because I couldn't find the old Instagram Weston as the name. So I thought maybe they were going by Lucy. I wasn't entirely sure, but thanks letting me know well Weston straight up assaulted me and the school even said so climbed on my lap tried to grope me grabbed me pushed me onto the floor and held me down at a party and tried to get me to have sex with him all while I repeatedly said no and that he was hurting me he was drunk there were witnesses 
he had to do some sort of consent education as punishment because the school is a dumb piece of shit and didn't actually believe in real consequences. Uh, that was the third time he had ignored me, uh, physical boundaries, and touched me without my consent. The first two weren't quite as bad. Once he forced alcohol down my throat, literally tilted my head back and poured it down my throat, and then I went upstairs to get away from him. He followed me and shadowed me on the couch, and someone had to pull him off of me. Then another time, he just wouldn't let go of me because he didn't want me to leave, and he was holding me by my hair, and my friend had to pull him off of me. There were at least two other people who had experiences with him and came forward to the school and came forward to the school, but they didn't have a witness, so nothing was done. One of them had a similar experience to me, and one of them alleged rape, but I don't want to go in deep into their details because that isn't my story. At least two other people had experiences with consent being ignored, but didn't come forward because of how others were treated. He told everyone at the school that I was a liar and overdramatic and lied about the school, saying that they said he didn't do anything wrong, I was literally, I, I literally wasn't going to come forward at all because I didn't want to because I was scared of what would happen, but several of my friends and one of my college professors encouraged me to come forward. Obviously, not a lot was done about this. In the statements made to the school, he implied that my previous consent, we had kissed before like two years before the incident, was somehow consent to what was happening when I was obviously saying no. He also implied the witnesses at the party lied because they wanted to have sex with me. I don't have any proof of that because this was written in some documentation the school kept. Also said he couldn't assault me because he was gay and didn't like women. But like that is such BS because whether you are into me sexually or not, I should have autonomy over my body. Yeah. Is um, at least kind of what... And I don't know if that was actually sent specifically from the person so or not. that's I the first time I've heard all that. I didn't realize how... Serious, yeah, wow, that's extremely serious what happened. It is. That is a very, very serious uh, situation that involves multiple victims, and yeah, that's scary. I can imagine how awful it must be for the victims to see this person getting the notoriety that they are getting, and how triggering it must be. And how horrifying it must be, and how... The yeah. fact is, we listen. We listen to survivors. We believe their stories. Yeah. We. It is not up for us. This is kind of the message I want to really put out there. It is not for up to us as spectators, not even as viewers or fans or whatever, as spectators to a situation, to agree or disagree or to find mm-hmm. the truth or to find the lie. Yeah. That is not our responsibility. And when you start doing that, it's actually kind of a disservice to both parties. Yeah, We are not, we hear something, it is safer and more, it's more responsible just to believe that it's true. And in life, we can't necessarily expect that the abuser, we can't necessarily expect that the negative thing will always happen to the abuser, but it's always good th- to say something and so you can make sure that you're keeping people from being harmed. Yeah. So I, I know that, the, that those are the words that were said. And obviously something happened because the school was notified, right? And there were sanctions that were put into place. I don't feel in this sense that that's defamation necessarily because those are the things that happened. 
we don't like so I don't know specifically the severity of what happened in that moment or in that incident and I say it this way because as we are putting this out on a public platform I know that there's a lot of opinions involved but those are the things that were said and we're going to talk about them a little bit here um, and talk about what happened afterwards this isn't going to be me saying like oh yeah like Lucy's a liar or the survivor was a liar I'm going to say what they said yeah. And then then I can talk in detail about how Camp Wanakiki responded to all of it. Yeah. Cuz and before we actually get to our break, what's really hurtful about this situation is that we as a society are not prepared to talk about these difficult subjects. No. We don't have like the training, we don't have the know-how and and honestly, we really shouldn't have the know-how to talk about this because you don't want to believe that these things can happen. Yeah, well, and it's it's readdressing serious traumas. Right. And, yeah, that is something that I think takes a, a willingness to be ready to address them and then mm-hmm. also emotional maturity as well. Mm-hmm. So. And... It's it's one of those things of where I think that we can do better. And, like, these subjects should be talked about even in school, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But before we get into how Camp Wanakiki responded to these things, Donna, yeah. let me ask, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Coco, I will let you know after this brief commercial break. Do you wear t-shirts? Do you wear a face mask? I sure as hell hope so. Do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there? Yes. Even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like Defund the Police, Black Lives Matter, and it goes over your nose. And even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated. And guess what? What? It's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDips.com is trans, fat, lesbian, and the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Tono. Listeners, head on over to HunterDrips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at HunterDrips.com. It's a podcast it with Coco and Donna tell a podcast. Check it out. Tune into what they tell you podcast. Check it out. With Coco and Donna tell a podcast. Check it out. Coco, I am feeling like we are definitely in a serious tone for tonight's episode. So I just want to continue on with that and just kind of get to the bottom of how everything happened this weekend and how uh, you're feeling about everything and just kind of what responding to this has been. So I was heartbroken, I guess, to say the least. This show, and keep in mind, because we should say this, I'm going to talk about my feelings about what happened. It's not to negate or commiserate with the survivor. It's just 
my feelings about the show and everything that was happening. So I was honestly heartbroken because, yeah, Camp Wanakiki isn't a big production, but I loved my time on the show. It gave me a whole family of people that I care about and want to see succeed in the world. It gave me a whole opportunity to learn these things about myself and grow. Being at Camp Wanakiki actually helped my relationship grow stronger with my husband, my now husband, and just a lot of different things like that. It truly is an escape from reality. Mm-hmm. And now it was being cursed. Um, and it's something that is very deep to my heart. It's something that I love dearly. Uh, and I was so, so sad to see all of this stuff happening. And what's also awful is that some people were directing the anger at the former campers. Yeah, yeah, you said that. Yeah, like, we were... Gosh, I was getting messages from people because I'm very loud, I'm very black, and I speak out on issues, and people were just, like, expecting me to say something, but the reality is I didn't have all the information. And you need time to process this. This isn't something that you want to put out a gut reaction on and have it, you know... I don't know. I feel like it's in, it, it's important as someone who was on the show to get the information and process what's going on. Right. You know, I feel like a lot of the times when we post on social media out of out of like a gut reaction to something, we we can end up regretting it. So immediately regretting and, it. And with you know, you have developed a following of sorts from this show, and yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want people to feel like I was siding with the abuser. Because the people... Yeah. Um, people said that if you didn't come out... People were basically saying if you didn't come out and support the survivor, it meant that you were protecting the abuser. And that is a really, really uncomfortable line to put mm-hmm. out there. Because I, I, I don't agree with that. Like, there is three things that were at play here now because it was on a national platform, right? Mm -hmm. There is the brand, meaning Camp Wanakiki, the abuser, and the survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, Or survivors, but the other people never really came forward. So, obviously, protecting the survivor was the most important part. However, it was bringing other people into this. And fans started to look into the history and past of other cast members and I and other campers and I that was getting gross like yeah. people were digging up things about other campers to like help further their argument towards the uh, camper who was the abuser and that's yeah. just that was gross that's yeah. so gross because like that's... we uh, like I do not know like I know that that saying is like so old and never used but like people like in glass houses shouldn't throw stones but like yeah the reality of it, the reality of that mo- moment is we all have done some crappy crappy sure. things For sure. we have all done things that are horrific that are uncomfortable yeah. that are just awful yeah. probably not as bad as like sexual abuse yeah. but stuff that would get you canceled ruin your life or get you fired and yeah. i just think that was messed up to where people were going into the past of other people to, like, try to expose them for the negative things that they had done. Yeah. Give give these people, too, like, the ability to, you know, show room for growth and development and change. You know, give them the time and space that they need to have actions that prove that, too. 
you know. Exactly. Because that's really going to be the only way that people can, if any way, actively mm-hmm. work to make things better. And I want to take this moment to talk about um, my new philosophy, which will inevitably get me canceled. But when I was reading all the comments before I talk about how Camp Wanakiki responded, the somebody had wrote in the comments basically what Donna was talking about. Like, you're not leaving enough room for people to grow. Yeah. Or you can't even acknowledge if they grew. Yeah. Like, even in this podcast, we're, like, choosing our words carefully because we know what can happen. And somebody had said, y'all out here keep talking about, like, like, we all know that cancel culture is toxic. And some of you are like, no, it's accountability. And they said, no, no, no. They said accountability culture is just tolerated abuse. And I was like, oof. Mm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, I've been canceled before um, where people thought that they were trying to hold me accountable. And really, it just makes, it doesn't, it doesn't really make you change your ways when somebody's holding you accountable that ends up being cancel culture because it's so threatening and awful and people... People will start attacking the thing about you that wasn't even related to the subject or conversation. Mm-hmm. People will start digging into your all past to find... All the things that they don't like about you. All and... the things they don't like about you, your personality, how you come across, and they start making up lies about you to further your arguments. And then, like, you're seeing all this stuff being written in a public format, and you can be, you can see it if you so choose. People are sending you all the messages about things that people are saying about you. And it's, like, the most horrific and horrible circumstance I have ever effing seen. Yeah. Like, it's it's so gross. And I think that um, I think that it's so damaging. I think cancel culture is so damaging for mental health and whatever because it leaves zero room for growth change, growth or change or truly accountability. Accountability yeah. culture would always end with education. Yeah. People, I have never, never seen in all of my years of seeing what cancel culture looks like, having somebody like be like following up with education. And being like, oh my gosh, like, um, or even like praising the person later, being like, wow, they've really done the work. Like, mm-hmm. they've really done a great job of like yeah. starting to learn. Because a lot of the comments were like, yeah, it's like, it would be too late. It's too late now. It's too late now. It's too late now. Like, you give zero room for people to change, grow, or be better people. Yeah. And that's, that's what they need from this, you know? I think too much. Too much uh, negativity, obviously, can cause someone to kill themselves. I think that that's important to recognize. Yeah, like, what strong person in this world can deal with a thousand comments with people just saying the worst things about them? Ooh, not I. I, like, there are days where I go where I'm like, I don't want to be perceived. I just don't want to be perceived. Just in general, I don't want to be perceived. I don't want to be perceived by anyone. Like, I don't exist today. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I definitely feel that sometimes. Like, I just want to delete all my social media and disappear. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes I... As strong as a person I am, I think that I would be a person who would be susceptible to letting negativity and backlash push me into a depression and possibly complete suicide. Yeah. I think that I am probably one of those people because I see how it happens to other people. Yeah. And I could never imagine being in that realm. And cancel culture happens from mistakes that you make that people are unokay with. Mm -hmm. And like, even when it starts to happen to me, like even when it starts to minorly happen to me, I get crushed. Yeah. Like, 
um, and sad and depressed and whatever. And people, and people, then people even come for that. They're like, oh, those tears are so insincere. Yeah. How dare you? Oh my God. You should care about the person you hurt more. And it's like, well, I I do care about them, but now I'm also depressed and sad. Yeah. Like, that's, oh my God. It's such a, it's so toxic. Like, it's obviously, I think that there, you know, obviously it's needed if you are on a big platform. And, you know, I think that this is important that these things are brought to light, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it is definitely damaging for the person that experiences it. Um, it's also damaging for the people that they hurt. So maybe this is a good time, like, when this happens for people to to try and in some way do better and right some wrongs that they've done if, yeah. if possible. So, well, so to go back to the camp on a Kiki story now, yeah, I actually said to the sugar breakers and to all the other campers that you gave a person a platform to also be attacked. Mm-hmm. I said that to them because it's true. Mm-hmm. So like me and Donna on this very small level with our very small platforms had said like even a little bit of hatred can like push us into a really terrible and horrific mental state. Obviously the meet the camper stuff like is where like the boom kind of happens for people. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of follows and you push, you gave somebody a platform to be attacked is what I called it. You gave somebody a platform to be attacked and praised, Mm -hmm. but also attacked. And so now this person has like countless messages of hatred coming towards their face. Right. Yeah. You're responsible for that. Yeah. Camp on a Kiki is responsible for the hatred the person receives. Did they do it to themselves? Yes, but you gave them, you amplified them into the public sphere to where now they're getting yeah. attacked. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so Camp on a Kiki released a statement, uh, uh, an original statement that was pretty terrible. From the information that they were able to find out, um, they, because the um, camper had, acu- uh, not accusations, because they had sanctions placed on them for the negative actions that they had done, um, and then also because the person is super, 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 super gay, I guess, they decided to write the statement and not cancel them or disqualify them from the season. Fans did not like that. They did not like that a lot. Mm. Oh my goodness, they didn't like that a lot. And so it led to a lot of horrific messages coming out after uh, Camp on a Kiki. And so from that point, we all had to... That's actually the point when people started looking at the other campers and, like, trying mm-hmm. to, like, dig up things. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of them... I don't know all the details, and it's not fair for me to say, but I know that some of the other campers did have valid things that were pe- people were bringing up. To where they could be canceled online. And I don't know what happened in those scenarios. Some involve sexual assault um, as well. And I the only reason I say valid is because people were not, like, they didn't let it go. They just mm-hmm. kept pushing it um, towards the sugar bakers to say, oh, yeah, this other camper is really terrible, too. And blah, 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 blah. And I really don't know who it was about or the ins and outs. I don't, listeners, I'm sorry. But... Uh, but that's what happens. Like, cancel culture does also feed into other everybody else's life. And I started going through... I actually told my closest friends that if this keeps happening, like, maybe I'll be hit with something from my past that I didn't even realize. Yeah. That would, you know, 
come up and do a sphere. And this was right before I was going to get offered this promotion. I kind of knew it was coming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this could affect even my standing in life. Like all yeah. the things that I worked for from a stupid mistake that I made in my 20s. I'm not equating sexual assault to the stupid mistake. But what I'm saying is things that happened in my past um, coming back to haunt me and then just ruining my future forever. Yeah. So uh, from this point... I this... think about that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. As queer men... Mm-hmm. As queer men, like, we, you know, we've obviously, like, been in party scenes and done things and whatever like I've that. I've had a lot of drunken sexual experiences. Yeah. That I was not in the right mind to be consenting to and doing um, because I was so out of it. And yeah. And that causes a lot of trauma and a lot of it. Yeah. It, yeah. And to expose Donna's trauma a little bit more, because I don't want to talk about mine right now, there were people that I don't think she would have normally been with. Yeah. If, like, she was, like, 100% sober. Yeah. And those moments to me, like, because, like, what if Donna's like, yeah, like, well, I always rejected you, but then, like, we hooked up that one time when I was, like, blackout wasted. Yeah. And then, like, you know, could come forward if that person was in a position of power. Like, it's just those moments right there are really muddy in the queer community. And I really do think that we should be better with ourselves. And I know that being queer has this, like, sexual freedom behind it because yeah. there's, like, children are not a ramification from queer culture being sexual because you're not bringing somebody into it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, especially for homosexual men. And that is just something that we really need to be cognizant of. And then, like, there's this liberty and freedom that comes from being sexual stuff. Yeah. And things can be misconstrued. I have, I will admit that I've had sexual experiences while I was very too intoxicated. I can admit I had sexual experiences that I withdrew consent and people continued. Yeah. I've had sexual experiences where I don't actually know how much the person would have been 100% on board if both of us weren't drinking. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not saying anybody's Same. like written me and been like, yeah. hey, but I, you know, I don't know. Um, so those, those are just the realities of situations. Yeah. And I, I was terrified of those things resurfacing for me. Um, and wondering if anybody would have felt that same way about me. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that very well could, could happen to anyone who's had like sex under those type of circumstances. So Lucy's, Lucy's statement that they released said that, and I'm going to paraphrase it. It basically was like, oh, yes, this thing happened when I was in college. Yeah. Um, I sat on their lap or whatever. And then I did like, like sit on them on the floor and I played with their hair and they told me to stop and I didn't. And I just kept doing it anyway. Because as you heard when I read the victim statement, be like, because they wanted to have sex with me, Lucy said in their statement, I never wanted to have sex with them. We were mm-hmm. friends and I was just messing with their hair and like not consenting to not wanting to touch them. And, Mm. but the reality is it's still like what we can say is non-consensual touching happened. The person said no. Yeah. These are things that are definitive. Yeah. Like across the board, regardless of intent, that thing happened. Yeah. So there is the course of conversation, which me and Donna will not get into because that is a very violent subject is this person did have sanctions. Sex didn't happen. It was non-consensual touching things like that should this person be paying for that for the rest of their life it's just not a conversation we're going to get into because people have varying opinions on that but this thing was now exposed through the internet right yeah um so the severity obviously is under question but this thing did happen yeah 
So well, yeah, I do think it is good to present both people's recollections of the events, but yeah, that's hmm. So as I said before the break, it's not up for us to decide. It's not. We weren't there. We don't know the severity of the sanctions in the school. We don't know the severity of the allegations. We didn't know the severity of everything that happened. That is not up for us to decide. All we can talk about is what do we do from here? And the fans wanted this person to not be on the show anymore. It doesn't matter what happened at that party because the fans had spoken and this is entertainment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's exactly what Drag Race had to do with the Sherry Pie situation. Right, because Sherry Pie... So, and if we talk about it, too, Sherry yeah. Pie didn't actually sleep with any of those people. No, but she did um, some awful things. Though she did some horrifically manipulative things over months upon months yeah. to people and degraded them and made them feel made them transform their appearance for her like it was creepy shit yeah that was and in that capacity because i do want this to be said did i don't actually know if she ever slept with that person but like that thing is in that realm it was still so severe and horrible mm. even though sex didn't happen with at least one of those people yeah right and but should that person have been disqualified? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, well, one, they weren't caught yet at that yeah. point. No. Remember, they Sherry's statement like came out like what, like a week before the episode? It was like right before their first oh, episode. No, the message. The messages were still happening. Yeah. Right before, like a week before the first episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like was the last message that came through and that that shows you that that person did not learn no no because she got off the show and kept doing it like yes she got off the show and kept doing it like that's it's terrible so they didn't learn so with um this situation so camp wanakiki re-released the statement i am going to come forward and say i did help them with that because the show i do know that their heart was in the right place they were trying to do their due diligence but they are they have to support their fans and their network of viewers and followers and lovers. Like Mm -hmm. that is entertainment. Stars only have power because we give them power. Celebrities only have power because we give them power. Athletes only have power because we give them power. Yeah. Um, We give them these platforms to do whatever they want to do. Right. And so with a show, a show, especially like a drag reality series, their whole fan base is why the show exists. Yeah. And people love that show. So they re-released a statement. I helped them release it. And, it was basically just to apologize for not handling the situation better. I do think that the the twins had messed up in several different areas. Mm-hmm. They're really good people, the twins are. Sometimes really stupid, but they're really good people. <laughs> and they try to do what's right. And I'm not defend. Actually, no, I am going to defend them a little bit. They're stupid. You can't quite blame them for some of the stupid crap that they do. But they thought, because it's just them. Like, it's them who wrote it, right? Yeah. They wrote this, the original statement. Um, and they did talk with people, and they did talk with specialists and whatever about how they should proceed. And so they went right through it, feeling that they did all the correct things. The reason I helped them is because I'm knowledgeable about cancel culture. Yeah. And I said, it doesn't matter that you talk to experts. You needed to think about the optics of the situation in mm-hmm. general. So when, when rewriting the statement... 
I was helping them understand where the pitfalls are and how people react. Yeah. Like, and I told them, I was like, you really do owe your fans an apology yeah. for not handling this better. And so that's why that statement got released um, with acknowledgement of the things they did wrong. Yeah. And I love that they were open to doing that. Yeah. And fans, and fans, the reactions to that statement are everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you personally, how have you felt getting the reactions of people being like, oh, well, you haven't said anything and, oh, like, we just thought because you are this outspoken person online that you would be saying something. Like, how have you dealt with that from people that you've known that have said that? Poorly. It actually, I, I poorly. It hurt my heart. And people expecting me to respond a certain way with this brand that I'm attached to. Me and Diana Fire, who's also on the season, had a lot of conversations about how we could navigate this because it was starting to hurt us deeply. Yeah. And I guess I really wish people would respect the fact that folks are still just human. Yeah. Like, I was so sad and I was so heartbroken and it was affecting my mental health. And my anxiety was through the roof. I couldn't focus at work. I couldn't acknowledge or be helpful to other people. The thing is, hurt people at that level can't help people. And so, like, people were attacking me for not saying anything. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even say anything because I wasn't even aware of what was happening. I didn't know all the details. And that's what also sucks, too. Before I knew anything, I was already getting messages from people. I was actually at an event where somebody brought it up to me, and I didn't even know what was happening. That's how damaging it was, and it was so so jarring for me. Yes, still worse for the victim, but for the people that... the Casualties is what I call this. It's like we were casualties of this situation, and it yeah. was heartbreaking and And that's important to recognize. That is important to recognize still, that, you know... These this person's actions have repercussions for everyone around them, especially mm-hmm. on this big of a platform. So I think the biggest thing that I want to say is just be better people, you know, like be better mm-hmm. people. And of course, we all have past and we all have like terrible things that, you know, could haunt us and. I, I think it's just important to, like, have heart in this situation and and try and do your best to learn from the situation. That's that's what we should get out of this, is we should learn from what this is. And then, you know, Camp Wanakiki also should improve their vetting process, mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, look at online responses to people. Um, I'm sure that th- there's probably no way they could have foreseen that this would happen. I don't know exactly. I had never heard anything like this about Lucy prior to the announcement. I had only seen her on that YouTube channel. So, right. Yeah. And yeah, I I just really want people to be more mindful that these are people. Yeah. Like I'm not just talking about Lucy. I'm talking about everybody else involved. Yeah. But these are people. Like even creating People were not creating enough space for people to have emotions. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like if you were loud and angry, you got all the space in the world, but the people who were hurting were just 
told to like get on board and trash this person and that was also toxic as hell so and it was yeah for a person i had never even met or interacted with online like i just was like i was like i'm not gonna be i'm i I don't ever believe in joining the mob i i don't i don't subscribe to that that's not how i operate i believe like so i always say this i have a niece who's like seven or eight years old now she's black or both of her parents are 100% black as well. She's going to definitely go through life with some of those hardships that black women go through. And I think every day about how can I make people more accepting and more tolerating and more more equal when it comes to racial issues, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be because we all screamed at the, at the racists until the point to where they disappear from the face of the earth. Because guess what? When you scream at that racist, it doesn't make them less racist. I'm sorry, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Education makes people less racist. Knowledge and understanding and proximity makes people less racist. And so I, so when I think about cancel culture, I just keep always thinking about my niece because you're not making the world a better place for her. You're making the world like more dangerous for yeah. her. And, and I just really p- wish people would understand that. Because they scream at the top of their lungs thinking that they're doing something for the greater good. And really, it's just making the situation and the problems just worse. Yeah. So much worse. Yeah. And those have very real consequences. Intent versus impact, people. Like, it's a conversation I'll never stop having with folks. If your impact is to where you want the world to be a better place, you can't do it by console culture. Your intent might be right, but your impact has damaging consequences that will forever be... That will forever be looked at, and maybe people won't change. Yeah. So your impact needs to be change. Yeah. Change in education. I think that that, that's, honestly, that was a really good way to end that. I also want a world for my nephews that is is like that. So I, I definitely, I can definitely empathize and understand where you're getting at when you say that. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This has obviously been a really, once again, a heavy episode. Apparently me and Don yeah, well, in a I, space these days. I wanted to give you opportunity to talk about this because it was something that I could see weighing on you as a friend who had only, I mean, we only see each other like a couple of times. And it was something that I could see was weighing on you. So like when I sat down and we talked about like the situation, I thought it was kind of unfair that people were expecting so much from you and Mm -hmm. i wanted to make sure that we talked about it and we kind of got your perspective on the situation i appreciate that and i'm happy that you are so open to sharing about everything and hopefully people can just get kind of a better idea of what is going on behind the scenes when things like this happen and how people are feeling and you know where people's emotions are at i think it's important to to show that and i appreciate you sharing what you did and Hopefully um, you all tune in to another episode of a gem of a secret podcast on Thursdays here every Thursday. Yeah. Watch, listen to wherever you listen to podcasts Yeah, and remember a phrase of you should have known better is a phrase that I think is not helpful no. in general should have knowing better doesn't create bridges. It just creates contention. Yeah. So, definitely. I want y'all to think about that. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. This has been another episode of HM of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of HM of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. 
You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at the Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast. Com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at agemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.